Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly. We are the podcast that never believes 40 points is enough to stay up. My name is Chris, I'm your host, and we firstly will start with an apology. Uh, we were unable to join you last week, dear listener. Um, commitments and such, these things happen, so our apologies which means we've got a fair bit to cover this week. Uh, as with previous episodes, we're not going to go back over two weeks' worth of fixtures, of course, uh, but just know that uh, we were here for it. We watched it. We're here for this weekend and beyond. So apologies out the way. Uh, let me welcome in Phil and Jez. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hi. Hello. Right then, um, we're going to start slightly by winding back the clock because one thing that we do need definitely need to mention uh, while we were off last week was the Coupe de France final has now been set. We know who will be appearing in that particular game and it is Nantes against Toulouse. So Nantes, um, I'm looking at you both here to correct me, but am I right in saying if they were to win, they'd be one of the first excluding PSG to retain? I could be wrong there, but um, it it is that's one for you to look up while, while we're podding. Uh, but yes, Nantes uh, overcame Leon by a goal to nil. Ludovic Blas, who's uh, certainly finding his form this season, he's having a lovely old time. Uh, he got the winning goal. Leon were oh, they were so so poor. We'll come on to them. Uh, it's, it's a better weekend for them in a moment, but uh, unfortunately, no trophy for them. And the Annecy dream is over. Toulouse uh, winning that game by two goals to one. I think it's fair to say that's quite the quite closely uh, matched um, game in, in this particular, or quite closely matched team in this particular game. Gutting at the end. I mean, Annecy hadn't gone into that in good shape, having lost 4-0 to Nîmes, who were fighting mm. relegation in the dirt the weekend. Um, you were thinking they were putting all their eggs in this basket and um, Toulouse went ahead and then Annecy um, equalised by a penalty from Alexi Bassetti, remember him? Yeah. The Nice Ultra, who used to play for Nice, who, of course, got booked for taking his top off and showing us all his tattoos. Um, and then they were keep they were trying to keep solid, trying to keep things organised, and then Toulouse scored in 85 minutes, and it was just knocked the wind out of their cells a bit. But then, on 91 minutes, they thought they got an equaliser. It was a lovely goal from Sahi, the number 20, and it was ruled offside. I mean, yeah. they were all strewn over the the turf, absolutely gutted. Sorry, in tears, being you know, consoled by various team members. It was a really good um, performance from them. They just didn't have enough to make it, and yeah, so that sets up to lose um, as nonce opponents this time. I think. Uh, that should be an interesting game. Neither of them having the best league season in the world, but yeah, Nantes are going to be bang up for this, you would imagine. So I think that's on 29th. Yes. So last Saturday of the month. So yeah. yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, and uh, another goal for Ferris Choby as well. It's his third of the competition. I think it's his seventh of the season. He's having a lovely old time. And uh, yeah, I think it will be one of those games that... Um, uh, yeah, okay. If you're an Annecy fan or if you're a lower league fan, probably that you know that the bit of the fairy tale goes out. But I think it'll be two fairly well matched sides. And uh, if you haven't seen the Ludovic Blas goal, which uh, got North through to the final, it's well worth looking up. Some um, lovely bit of lovely bit of control and touch, rolling across the chest down onto the thigh, and then crashing it home. So good win for Nantes. Good win for Toulouse. The final. Upcoming, so of course, we will come. The last back. team to retain the Coupe de France apart ah. from PSG was Nantes. Was it really? Yeah. And when was that, Jess? In 2000. Oh, so it's actually fairly, fairly sort of you know, close memory then. I, I, I just imagined it would have been like from I don't know, 1912 or something. Yeah. or something. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. That's what happens when you don't research before you throw something on air. So, Bordeaux did it in the late 80s or mid to late 80s. Both times okay. beat Marseille. Oh, there you go. Those two classics that are no longer going deep in this competition. So well, there you go. But uh, no, what a what a, a back-to-back cup victory that would be if not can pull it off. And equally, it would be quite the uh, quite the achievement for, for Toulouse if they were to do so as well. 
But uh, that was the Coupe de France games that we missed last week. And then we've got into this week's action in Ligue 1. Um, now, of course, sort of heading into this week's action, things have, have tightened up a little bit at both top and bottom. Um, but I kind of want to start with one of the teams that are, that are all of a sudden quietly creeping up the table, seemingly slightly unannounced. That's probably a good word to use, actually. And that is Lyon. Um Jess, I'll, um, I'll start with you on this one. It's, it's Laurent Blanc kind of stumbled onto, stumbled into uh, kind of a front three that is is really starting to work now. Um, sort of Lacazette as the spearhead and and Bradley Barcola, who's moving to more of a wide forward, and and Real Shirky, who we know has so much talent. It's just that question of, of getting it consistently out of him now. They came from behind to beat Ren three one on uh, on Sunday. They were behind and, and really were so poor in that first half. I didn't see this coming, but in the beautiful sunshine of the afternoon, they uh, they came back and and scored a couple of uh, cracking goals. It has to be said, I mean, Guiri's opener for Ren was also a, a very good goal. And, uh, and a slightly fortuitous one in Lacazette, although it was a hell of a finish, but um, he was taking advantage of the uh, deflected or sort of mishit shot from uh, Le Pendant. Le Pendant. Um, what, what do you think of... of this sort of Leon project. I mean, do, do you see Blanc as being there long term now with, with this seeming uptick in form with these younger players coming through? Uh, it's kind of, it's been the most Leon y of weeks. Mm. <laughs> beat, beat PSG away, come back to beat Ren, who are sort of quite a bogey team for them. And it's usually ex Lyon players that come back to haunt them and obviously Genesio and then Guerrieri scoring, it looked like it was heading that way. And it was kind of nice that all four goals came from Lyon youth products. Mm. Um, and then obviously in between, they, they lost that match to, to Nantes when they were probably favourites. So it's still classic Lyon. You look at, I mean, they've only lost one match or they've only, they've only lost one league match since quite a long time ago, since like January, mm. but um, and that was against Auxerre. But you look at the wins; like, there's very few comfortable wins in there. They're all sort of relatively sketchy by the odd goal. There's a lot of draws in there, but I think Blanc is definitely steadying the ship, and and looks like he's sort of by accident or by design, sort of more or less coming up with with um a settled team, I guess. I mean, I think that there's a little bit of interchange in midfield, like Kakare doesn't always stop. Sometimes Lepunel comes in, sometimes Mendes, but there's a little bit more sort of consistency in, in terms of selection and and maybe that's helping as well. And then, as you said, you sort of got the magic of Cherki, the reliability of, of Lacazette. It was interesting after the, the PSG match, there was a really good chat on, on TV between Blanc and Ori, and um, Ori obviously... Uh, pundit now and and when they got onto the subject of Shirky there was a sort of a lot of things that were not said that were sort of very obvious what was being said if you know what I mean about the fact that he's so brilliant but you know he needs to work harder in training he needs to be less selfish he needs to make better decisions he needs to do his defensive shift and and that's why he's probably still not starting every single game or certainly not lasting 90 minutes every game but then you know his his run and then the the awareness to to pull the ball back for for Barcola for the the third goal at the weekend just showed what we know anyway which is he's got brilliant footballing ability and as you said Barcola is sort of the wild card or the bonus that people didn't necessarily think was going to kind of um, break through this year but you know certainly in the last week he was probably the man of the match against PSG and I think yeah, he might have only come on because Saar got injured early on yeah I he did think he yeah, started yeah, yeah, that yeah. match so yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of classic Leon sort of uncovering these young players trying to get a little bit of consistency out of the older ones. Um, but you just want a bit more consistency out of the team. But I think Blanc is doing a decent job. I think he's probably got the respect of probably the older players who, who remember him as a player, maybe the younger players who, who know their history. But um, 
it's been I think it's been hard for him because he's been out of the game or the French game for quite a while. And it's I think it was a bit of a punt to bring him in. And maybe it's taken him as much time as, as the players to, to get used to that sort of week in, week out, you know, high expectation kind of thing. And it's maybe a little bit too late for Europe. I mean, I would say certainly too late for Champions League. But yeah, you know, the form they're in and the stuttering form of some above them, they could certainly sneak into one of the more minor European competitions. But um uh, you know, I think I guess the hope is that the end of this season will we'll sort of lay the foundations for something better next year. But the thing is that since Lyon sort of fell off their their perch, that's what has often happened. That they finished a season strongly. Um, well, you'd know about this. I think it's what Arsenal did a few years as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they finished the, the season strongly. Everyone says, "Oh, yeah, they had their issues, but we're all set for next year." And then it all starts again. So mm. <laughs> I'd like to see Blanc stay. Um, and there aren't, oh, I suppose Gautier might be available in the summer. Yeah. There aren't many very obvious names that could come in, but um, you know, there's some big name managers out of jobs or who will be out of jobs in the summer, but possibly slightly too big, maybe for Leon right now. So I think they should probably stick with him. But look, the fans often aren't happy, but well, the fans are not happy, but they're often not happy. No, no. The club has given them enough reason not to be. At least there seems to be a decent uptick and some good young players coming through. So there there is positivity there, but it still needs a little bit more consistency and a bit of a step up in terms of performances, I think. Yeah, and they've released the... um the the home shirt for next season and they've they've put the gold back in so they're bound to have a good season next year they've gone back to the sort of Benzema uh sort of the the, the blue and red sash down one side with the gold piping so um clearly that's that's an omen um and also if you if you didn't catch this game uh do check out the Janino Panumbacano esque goal from Corinthian Talisa I think it's his first in league house it's 2017 I think it was Obviously, he's been away since then, but one hell of a hit. What about Ren, Phil? Because, I mean, it'll be fair to say that when Martin Terrier's knee, to use his words, quote-unquote, exploded, um, their season kind of hit the skids, and, and obviously things have not gone according to plan since then. Three defeats in the last five, and they're dropping off at the worst possible time. Is the bigger concern for them maybe the summer where some of these players are going to get picked off inevitably and they may not even have European football next season after such a high going into this season. So many things to look forward to. Is, is it just catching up with them all of a sudden? I think we discussed when Terrier got the injury, what impact it would have. And you did feel nervous, but you, you hoped that the team as a whole would be able to, or the squad as a whole would be able to keep it together. But Looking at, you say, three losses in the past five games, but that included against Marseille, against Lyon, and against Lens. Yeah. So all, you know, top-half teams. They beat also beat PSG, but then drew against Auxerre. So it does feel like, as you were saying with Lyon, about needing consistency, that... It does seem to be a very up and down kind of time for them at the moment and having someone like Terrier obviously to kind of keep things a bit more organised in the middle would be useful. But they are, they're still in sick. They're three points above Lyon. So uh, can they hold on? Is anyone else going to drop down? But the teams above them would have to drop down a fair amount, but we might come on to one of them, Neil, um, in in a bit, uh, because it's it seems like they're just a team which is having a, a mid-table run of form at the wrong time, if you see what I mean. You'd yeah. expect results like that up and down, a bit unexpected, inconsistent from teams in the Vendroux, but they're sixth. They should yeah. be, you know, putting more, I keep saying the word consistent, putting more of a run together than than they are. So it is, I think, slightly worrying, given that Leon are kind of on the up, um, to see who's going to pick off one of those places. Because, of course, 
we've got Nonton to lose in the cup final, that one of them's going to take a place. So, you know, that complicates things at the top a bit because normally PSG do the double and that means there's a space free for somebody else. So it's all a bit, all a bit more complicated this season. Yeah, and they've got a couple of, they've got a big test ahead at the weekend as, as they face Rouse, who are also knocking on the door, sort of just off that that hunt for those European spots. And then away to Montpellier and home to Angers. So, I mean, you feel like if they can get points from those next three, then there's every opportunity to push back up. But uh, yeah, it's very strange, this game, because Ren was so, so on top in the first half and um, yeah, just completely dominant. Leon were nowhere. And then the second half, it all changed. One question I have, I don't know if either of you know the answer to this. What is with the uh, the siren that Leon have introduced when they score goals now? I, I don't know. It's very um, it's very NHL hockey esque. I don't know if either of you picked up on that, but um, maybe we'll have to I've reach not out. To... Heard that uh, I was uh, otherwise engaged for lunch. It's quite uh, this game. It's quite obnoxious. I'm just going to say that. Um, I'll have to reach out to. Uh, couple of the OL people on Twitter and find out. But yeah, it's quite the thing. Anywho, um, let's take a trip to the bottom, shall we? Um, I'll stick with you first of all on this one, Phil. Osea, uh, the one I want to put in focus because yes. they, they've won uh, two. They're back. They're back. They've won two on the spin. I mean, albeit last week they beat Twa, which, you know, I say only Twa, but they're having a wretched time. We'll touch on some comments made about them in a second. But they uh, they turned over Ajaxio with um, in the sunshine the stunning backdrop of the Ajaxio uh, Stadium gives but a three nil win at the weekend um, and it it really sort of they're finding that form at exactly the right time they're three points ahead of the drop zone now and those two wins on the spin is is it just literally that they've just found that form at the right time because three mm. goals as well scoring goals all of a sudden can they survive? they had they had that little run which got them up to safety to start with, and then had a bit of an eep against Strasbourg, who obviously were below them. So I think you say it's only Twa, it's only Ajatio, but they did actually win both those games, which was exactly what they had to do. They've got to beat the teams below them to do that whole six-point thing. Um, what I thought was very interesting in this is they... They're in Ajaccio, which is not a friendly place to go, um, and came roaring out of the traps, really, with goals in the third and sixth minute. And then just before half-time, there was an own goal from um, uh, Alphonse, the Ajaccio right-back. So, so well. And then I'm not sure much happened in the second half because Auxerre were happy with that and Ajaccio were kind of incapable of doing anything about it. So, um, yes, they seem, as we said before, when they were on that good little run of form, they looked like they could, you know, secure safety and they'll be okay. And this, again, makes you think that. But then you have to think about... Who have they got coming up versus teams below them? But the bottom four looking, I mean, I know Strasbourg are five points ahead of Tua, but still not good. Uh, the kind of runs of form going on down there are almost um, in, in non-existent. So I think this was a very important result for them, as you say, it was uh, not just one goal, as it was against Twyre, it was uh, a good, solid uh, victory. They started well and really made it their own early on, and that meant that there weren't nerves later on where we have seen crack in the past, where they came under pressure late doors. So I think that looked uh, very promising. I think the one other game we should mention down the bottom, just before um, we jump in is Angers actually won mm. against Lille. Yeah, not entirely sure how that happened. It, it's it's one of the worst doomed. That was very unexpected. So they're mm. basically the only the only one of the bottom five that got a win. Yeah, 
that's really damaging for Leo as well. Um, yep. You know, out of the blue, Savanovic with the the late goal, and, and it it was one of those where a couple of deflections, it bounced its way through to him. He kind of cocked it up. Goalkeeper made half a save, and it bundled in at the front post. It was, I mean, I think he's on hands and knees by the time the ball goes over the line. But um, as as Tom Seller reached out to him on Twitter, and he's like, "It's just a win. That that that's all. It's just a win." So. Yep. Um, yeah, it was uh, long overdue, I think it's fair to say. Where do you sit on where we are relegation-wise, Jez? Were you, were you quite impressed with, with us there? Because the, the thing that I really liked about this particular game for them was, I can't know what Phil said there, they came roaring out the traps. You know, it's that notorious, difficult place to go, you know, a check. So not necessarily in terms of the team you're playing, but tight-knit ground, you know, it's sort of one of those make the ground a fortress. But Ajaxia are, are on this terrible run now, five straight defeats, and they're looking like filling one of the three spots alongside Angers and, and Tuan. We might touch them in second. But Osea, they've set themselves up, haven't they, given the fact that they've got some tough fixtures ahead. You're on mute, Jess. Yeah, sorry. Um, you back. Yeah, I think, I mean, well, first of all, they've got, we know they've got a very good manager who, you know, tries to get the ball down and play good football. And they do have a very good team. They're not, you know, stunning. They're never going to sort of put up any trees or challenge for Europe or anything, but they've got some good footballers in their team and some sort of exciting young forward-looking players. So at least they're going to go for it. And, you know, despite what you say about Ajaxia, I just, I think like, you know, there was barely a crowd there their defending was horrific. As Phil said, 2-0 down after six minutes. I mean, they didn't exactly make it difficult for Ozair, but Ozair, but you have to give them credit for, for the way they sort of went out of the traps and, and um, you know, sort of maintained it, got another goal before half time and then just sort of managed things very easily in the second half. Um they're they're sort of doing what they need to do. They're beating or challenging well against the teams around them, nicking the odd point against against higher ones. I mentioned the the, the Ren match earlier. Um, and so, yeah, they're giving themselves a fighting chance. Again, they've also sort of only won defeat since, since early February. That's, you know, as long as you're converting a few of them into wins, not just draws, but even the draws, you know, could be... The difference when it's so close at the bottom. I think they're they're giving themselves much more of a chance than I expected. Ajaxio mm. to me are gone. I think yeah. you know, Angers maybe are playing with the freedom of, of a club that have already no, resigned themselves to their fate. But at least mm. there's been a few matches recently where they've had a bit of life to them. They've been unlucky, conceded very late equalizers or, or um uh not defeats, you know what I mean? Like not the whatever the opposite of a winning goal is, um, but at least they they've they've shown a bit of life. Whereas Ajaxio just horrific, and and you know we we talked about how few goals they score, how most of them have been penalties. Belayli's gone missing again. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the latest story. international court um, meet up, mm. um, and it's only him and El Elagisi who look like ever scoring anyway. So they just look they look horrific. I mean they. Mm. When you also consider the the lack of crowds, the lack of um, atmosphere there, which which is a surprise for a Corsican team, they just dare I say they they just look like they don't even belong there. Mm. Well, I think um, just popping in on something Jess said, I think down the bottom as well, we're looking at Brest, and they've had some good results recently, and their draw at the weekend against Reims. Mm. They're going to feel like that was two points dropped. Um, they so, went ahead through Pierre-Lys Malou and six minutes. And then it was a 90-second minute penalty for Balogun, that mm. man again, uh, yeah. that got the point for, for Rance. So, And that came after they beat um, Toulouse 3-1 the previous week, uh, Breasted. So they also look to be putting a bit of a run together and, again, are... Two points clear of uh, the relegation zone, but in decent form. Mm. So, with them and Oxair both looking like they can do something, mm. you kind of have to hope that Nantes manage to hold on to things and don't 
think too much about the Coupe de France uh, final mm. uh, because they're not completely out of it yet if they don't um, make no. things safe. Especially not if the teams below them keep winning. I mean, they got a, a very creditable 2-2 draw at uh, Monaco against Monaco at the weekend. They were 2-0 down in that particular game and uh, that man blast came off the bench to rescue a point for them. Um, but yeah, they are looking over their shoulders, just just two points above. And and the other team that was sort of, well, two other teams, but one of the other teams were missing out of that batch is, is Trois. What did either of you make of Adil Rami's comments in the week? I basically said that uh, his career, quote unquote, his career is over. He's done it all, which to be fair, he kind of has. Um, but he looks around the dressing room and he sees other players that just don't care um, and have kind of given up. That's kind of symptomatic of how Twa are playing at the moment, given the fact that they cannot buy a win from anywhere. They were turned over not, comfortably not by Twa. Sure that's a particularly helpful thing to say. I mean, it's Adil Rami, what do you expect? The <laughs> man who dressed up as a dog for Lille. Um, mm. yeah. But he ain't wrong. No. That way. That's the overriding point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do either of you, are we, if, we, if we're willing to sort of say, I mean, we, we've condemned Angers weeks ago, if we're saying Ajaxio are gone, are we both, or, or all, all three of us, sorry, suggesting that Trois might well be another one? I mean, it's a five-point gap to Strasbourg yeah. and seven points from safety now. I don't see him pulling himself out of this, given that he's four down. yeah. That's that's the thing, isn't it? If it's three, you'd maybe give them a fighting chance. Um, if you look at the uh, look at the next fixtures, Jez, do you see them getting any points from Marseille away, Nantes away, and Nice at home? Oh, and then PSG after that. It's quite a nice run of four games, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't look great. I mean, Marseille at home or Marseille away as well. Uh, being at home. <laughs> on pay- yeah, I mean Marseille's home form is atrocious. So, mm. um, but. Yeah, I no, not really. No, I think no. again, as as we said, they they sort of they got ran off. Did you say that they got ran? Yeah, after. ran after PSG and they finished with Lille, sandwiched with Angers and, and Strasbourg. So it's yeah. really not great. No, it just it feels like they're constantly relying on just one or two players, usually Balde, to to pull them out of the fire. And I think they need a little bit more than that. And yeah. um, you know, I don't know if Rami's right or wrong. I, I think that sounds a little bit harsh, but. Mm. Also, you know, one of these city group teams that you don't even know are they there? Are they in it for themselves or just to, as a feeder for for oh, city crazy. or you know what exactly is their place in the world? Mm. Um, it's it's kind of a shame because they've had sort of three or four standout results this season, but you need the you know it's nice when you get a bonus result against one of the bigger teams but you need more consistency against the teams around you and I'm not sure they've done enough of that yeah I remember at the start of the season they, they really took took the, took the game to PSG didn't they although obviously that's at the start of the season when all bets are off and uh you know teams might be rusty over the summer etc but yeah it's it's not looking good for Messers, Twat and Ajaxio and um let me stick with you on this one Jez both ends of the table affected here Lens continue to to bounce back four straight wins for them we'll come on to them in a second but they defeated Strasbourg who despite a delicious Kevin Demero uh, Kevin Demero Kevin Gamero goal they went down by two goals to one in this particular game um two defeats on the spin for them if we're looking at it as a straight shootout they're not in the form that Brest and Oxer are in are they so I mean it it just feels like they are almost like the the too good to go down club who are looking like they might go down. Is is that is that fair? Do you think, or, or have you seen enough in them to suggest that they can still claw their way out of this? I mean, the only thing that I'd say, sort of, in their favour, is they've got goal scorers there. Diallo's mm. been in good form recently, although he's now going to miss at least one match for sort of talking himself into a red card. Um, yeah. Gamero, as he showed, can score goals, but maybe can't do 90 minutes week in, week out. Or, yeah, at all, probably anymore. Um, so you feel like they can still bag some cheap points from just by virtue of you know, knowing where the back of the net is. But I'm surprised they're still down there. They shouldn't still be down there. And so, yeah, that that kind of surprise element for themselves that... 
they're not used to or not expecting a relegation fight could in a way work against them. Mm. Um, they haven't got the most terrific of run-ins, though, so you, you'd expect them to get a few points here and there. This weekend is key, isn't it? Because they, they play Ajaxio. So that effectively, I think if they beat Ajaxio, that could all but seal Ajaxio's fate. And then Rams away, uh, Leon at home, which on paper you'd say all tricky, but it's the home games. Nantes is that team in and around them. And then Nice, Troyes, uh, which is another big one, second to last or third to last game of the season. The PSG game you can write off. And then Lorient, who will probably be on the beach by then. So... Yeah, well, to be um, fair, PSG already on the beach. We, <laughs> they have been since they left the Champions League. I think to be fair. Uh, what about um, what about Sorry, Frank one... Carson and Lance though, Phil? Because I mean, they are just. We, I'm we're not... just um, refer to one more thing on Angers, hmm. which uh, kind of off pitch matters, but we've spoken about off pitch matters about Angers quite a bit this season. Uh, the president stepped down, but just yeah, thinking, oh, that could be good. It turns out his son who's taking over. Mm. But um, Iliusetti, the guy who's um, being charged with sexual assault, led in part to the manager being got rid of when he said, we've all done it. Um, Shetty has copped a He's been found guilty and copped a four-month suspended sentence. The club have suspended him for one month. Tell me how that works. Mm. And what benefit that has for that amount of time. Seriously. Anyway, so that was just something that made me cross when I saw that on the legal tag of uh, the Lequeep website. But there you Mm. go. And, and on in terms of positive things, yeah, yes. Frank Ayres and, and Lance, I mean, they had that wobble, didn't they? We all questioned. And this, they, this they have de-wobbled extremely impressively. Four wins on the spin. They're scoring goals. Um, they played PSG at the weekend. I think given PSG's run-in, I'm still not willing to say there's a title race. But if they were to go to Paris and pick up the win, which is not beyond the realms with PSG's own issues... Uh, it's just been, I mean, even the fact that they could get Champions League football is the biggest test for them going to be, again, like Ren this summer, hanging on to some of these players. I mean, that back, those three yeah. defenders at the back, I mean, all of them are going to attract attention. Frankowski, another one who scored in, in this game. And they're just, there's going to be interest, isn't there, from those players? They've got the best defence, checks the table, 22 conceded. And next best is Nice, and then you've got Reims, Marseille, and Paris all on 29. I mean, they are very, very organised at the back. And I think it's interesting because usually when this kind of an unexpected team does unexpectedly well, it's all of the strikers who get picked off. But as Mm. you say, I think in this case... Uh, people might be looking at the other end of that squad list mm. to see who who they pick up. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they they're on good form. They're in a good space. They've got, you know, a fairly comfortable points um, advantage over Monaco in fourth. So, yeah, if they can, I think they need to not. If they lose to BSG, which is perfectly likely, um, they need to not be like, damn it. Mm. I don't think they will. Yeah, I, I, But I, any result here would be kind of perfectly cromulent. I mm. can't call this one at all. So I, it, feel like they're, I feel like they're well set up to go and get something from that game. Yeah, like yeah. you mentioned, the three centre-backs, you know, likes of a panda with that pace on the break, Fafana can dominate any midfield, which PSG currently don't really have. I mean, it, it's just one of those, isn't it? And and it depends what version of PSG turn up as well, which is obviously the age-old yes. question. You never quite know, really, do you? But, yeah. Pick a card, any card. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and maybe the biggest challenge they're going to face this summer is keeping their manager because there's quite a few... Um, well, I mean, you only have to look around at at, at England and, and Italy and, and Germany where there's been quite a few changes in managers. There's not a lot of good managers out there at the moment. Um, so I wonder if, if teams will start looking at 
have French managers now and thinking actually you mentioned earlier there Jez Gautier it doesn't seem like he's going to be around next year and Franquez could well be another one so um be interesting to see whether he does take the gamble Gaultier-esque or whether he stays put with what he knows works um just to round up those are the European games Jez in a kind of a nutshell um we should just touch on Marseille who you kind of mentioned earlier on their home form is terrible. It turns out they can't win away either. What, what did you? Uh, um, that's, a, that's a cheap dig. But they drew Lorient nil nil. Um, what did you make of Igor Tudor's comments? Literally oh, a week ago, he was praising Liga, and then this week he said, "Well, Lorient didn't want to play us, and they just defended." But I mean, what? I don't know what he expected Lorient to do, given the fact that he can't score goals anymore. What what's your thoughts on that? Is it just a sign of frustrated Tudor that that he probably knows he's in a battle to finish second now, and and maybe the wheels are falling off once again? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pathetic comments. It was a bit like you know Rodri after the Scotland Spain yeah. match. Um, yeah, this is a first of all, rightly or wrongly, this is kind of how Marseille have found success when they've had it in the last few years, mostly playing Dower football rather mm. than sort of expansive stuff. Um, Tudor made his name in Italy, which is known for its defensive football, <laughs> made his name as a defender. And Marseille are the big team and Lorient are not. You expect that all the time and it's up to the big teams to find a way through them. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty pathetic of him. And, and I don't know, maybe speaks to the, the fact that Marseille are starting to feel the pressure and have not been in the greatest form recently. Um, I just think he seems to be at his best just, you know, finding clever ways to move his team around and and eke out wins. And so maybe they find it harder in those matches where they're really expected to win rather than the ones where they're they're underdogs. I don't know. But um, I don't think it was a great comment because I think what he said was misguided, but I also don't think it's sending great great signs out to the team if you're resorting to snipey comments like that mm, yeah i did smack of of uh, a bit a bit bitter really and to be fair i didn't i thought of of the two teams Lorient probably had the better better opportunities really especially towards the end when i don't know what kone has to do to get a start but he just injected that little bit of energy and um there was two really good chances towards the end that i just i mean the fact that He's mostly now using Renduzzi as a sort of yeah second striker almost. And I don't get that. His main source of goals is Sanchez, who superb player that he was and superb moments he can still come up with. Mm. You know, is not in one of the top two or three leagues anymore for a reason. Mm. Shows that there are still sort of limitations to Marseille's ambitions and. You know, it's commendable that Tudor maybe is is thinking in higher terms, but maybe he needs to be a bit more realistic as well. Yeah, yeah. Going to do Six without a win, but they're playing twice the weekend, so yeah, you feel I like mean, if 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 they don't win that and win big, you can imagine there will be significant pyro. Mm, yeah, a lot of unhappy RCOs. Yeah, I agree. And uh, there's yeah, some very straight... Again, it, you look at that squad and you think there's so much talent there, but Kunduzi in particular, his form's gone off a cliff. Um, Veritu, I, I feel like his his form's gone gone pretty low down since that French call-up as I, well. I thought it was kind of weird because in the previous game where they drew at home against Montpellier, Kunduzi mm. um, was on penalty duty. Yeah. Well, there wasn't... Formal? Well, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I think uh, it's two weeks ago now, but I think a story came out something about he wanted to prove a point to some of the criticism that he'd been got that he didn't have enough bottle or something like that. Um, it, right. it, it, it's a very Gunduzi esque thing to do, you know. How they I was going to say, like, if maybe a few players spent less time fighting against themselves, yeah, agreed. And and I, I like, I do like him as a player, and, and I know he divides opinion, but I feel like the talent's there, but unfortunately, you know, just. I don't know. There's, there's something not quite right there um, in terms of his attitude or whatever it may be. And, and as for Vettinia, who is their big summer signing or big winter signing, I should say, um, I would look out for him playing somewhere in second division in Spain or Portugal next season because that move has just not worked at all. Never mind. Anywho, um, the other two results we maybe didn't touch on uh, just in passing was, uh, unfortunately for you, Phil, a loss for Montpellier to lose one that game 2-1. 
and a win. Yeah. And uh, a win for PSG. Um, very much against the run of play. I saw Nicolas Pepe was copping quite a lot of flack for his uh, performance in this game. Um, nice were, you couldn't even say a ball's width. I mean, it was literally a, well, I don't even know what you'd call it. It was like centimetres from getting into that game through a, a goal or VAR call that the ball was not crossed the line by fractions from Dante. But goals from Messi and Ramos uh, secured the points. I think I'm right in saying that's the first defeat that Digara suffered since uh, since he went to Nice, but very underwhelming from second, PSG. And uh, second, is it? Sorry. Um, and this will surprise you all, I'm sure. Renato Sanchez went off injured. Um, so that's that's a surprise to everybody. Anyway, um, off the pitch, of course, more going on PSG. I think we'll, we'll maybe touch on that in a quiet week. But yeah, more more discussions about whether Messi's going to stay or go. More issues about whether Mbappe wants to do the season ticket renewal video or not, um, etc. And so on. But one thing's for sure, it doesn't appear like Galtier is going to going to be offered a new deal or indeed stick around. But we shall see uh, in that one upcoming. Right. Okay. Before we look at the fixtures that are coming up next, it's been quite a few changes in the women's game, hasn't there, Phil? Including yes. a new coach for the national team. Well, yeah. Herve uh, Renard's come in, um, and France played a friendly last week against Colombia. Slightly concerning, they went down two nil, kind of at half. I think by half time, but then they roared back. Uh, to win 5-2. you got Delphine Cascarino with the brace, Luzoma with the brace. Good to see her back. And uh, Grace Giora getting one in extra time at the end. And they're playing Canada tonight. So I have my reservations about Renard, and I'm not entirely sure what they're based on because he does have a very good... Um, record as a national team coach. I think it might be you know, uh, slightly um, coloured by certain club appointments that haven't gone particularly well. But, yeah, they look um, like they're actually kind of happy to play again, which is nice with a whole World Cup coming up in about two months. So uh, the other thing in the women's game was we had the Champions League quarterfinals. Now, uh, on the Tuesday, you had Barca battering Rome really badly and then Arsenal um, getting a 2-1 aggregate win over Bayern which makes you very happy Chris so then on the Wednesday we had the two French teams um, Lyon and PSG in action both of whom had lost the first game at home 1-0 which was to me surprising we started with PSG who were away at Wolfsburg. Um, I also, still not on French TV, I assumed that it was just the the previous day that you had to watch on YouTube, but this one as well. I ended up not working out how to do that, so we're watching this game in German. So my detail is shaky, but basically Alexandra Pop scored on 20 minutes. Uh, Johnny got one back for PSG um, about the half hour mark. Ohadi in goal was good. Interestingly, Mike Mignon is following six people on Twitter and Sarah Bahadi is one of them. Um, but overall, uh, yeah, Wolfsburg went through 2-1 on aggregate. So that was a nervy start to the evening. The next game was Chelsea versus Lyon. And now I'd heard that Chelsea would have some regrets from the first leg from only winning 1-0. And that looked like it might be a problem. Um, so uh, on 76 minutes, uh, Lyon scored basically inside the keeper at the near post. Nice finish. Shouldn't have happened. Um and there was quite a lot of needle uh, going on in this game. And I think what you see when you see women's football now is it's much, much closer. And one thing you'll notice is the needle, the fans, the fact that Wendy Renat had to defend. This is not something maybe Leon are used to having to do in 
Devon. Um, but basically, neither side was allowed to be comfortable on the ball. There was lots of pressing midfield battles. And at around the hour mark, possession was kind of 50-50. You've got Cuthbert crashing into tackles when you were not heading things out of the area. So it was all it was a really, really great match. And then in the second half, you've got Ada Hergeberg comes on, then um Debritz as well for Lyon. And really seemed to be so much extra to to go for this. And obviously we've then gone into extra time and Debrid scores, and they think they've done it. They think they've done it, and then five minutes into from the end of extra time, or is it five minutes over the end of extra time? Yes, because mm. uh, all the time is added on. Chelsea were given a penalty. Now, uh, Sonia Bonpastor, who is the Lyon um, uh, manager, was no happy about this. And it was one of them where you say you've seen it given, but that was soft. And that meant that it went to penalties. And Chelsea um, took that 4-3 on penalties with two saves from their goalkeeper, Berger, who saved from Wendy Renard and also Lindsay Horan. Um, so it was... It was a fabulously entertaining game. It was chaotic. There was needle. There was no sense of kind of any downtime in the match. Um, and I should say that uh, Endler also saved a penalty um, from Chelsea. But this is, it's a big moment because I think it's been nine years since there hasn't been a French team in the semi-final or the final. And they're not there. And I think this is a big wake-up call that Barcelona have been getting stronger over time. The Germans have always been strong, but now the, the English sides are getting in there as well. This is something that I think comes as something of a shock. And whether that will mean changes in certain aspects of that game uh, remains to be seen. But it was that Chelsea OL game was just fabulous to watch and mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, so, yeah, we will we will see what happens. But um, on to the semi-finals. I'm not sure what the draw actually is. Who have you got? I think Arsenal playing Wolfsburg and Chelsea uh, playing Barca. Yes, just yes, it's uh, just yes. up now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would say you've definitely got the the better side of that draw, um, but when it comes to Alex Pop, beware! This was a woman who played with the Wolfsburg boys youth team up to the age of about fifteen, I think, and was regarded as their best player. Hmm. So you you don't mess with her. So no. this. I think this has been a very interesting tournament for the Champions League and, yeah, getting into these knockout stages, these are going to be some cracking matches coming up. I will be very much cheering on Barcelona because any team that can put uh, that wretched human being, Emma Hayes, to a miserable state is good by me. I can't stand hey. that woman. I, I can't stand that. She's, she is so, so stuck up, so opinionated, and she's such a bad loser. Um, oh, she's recently. a bad loser, but she's a good manager. She's oh yeah, she's yeah, good yeah, winner. Yeah. She's and just, ugh, not a fan. I, I did find it amusing that she and Bon Pastor on the sidelines did seem to have the same hairdo. Mm. That may be a, a slighter side. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just um, just not just not keen. But obviously, hopefully, uh, I think Barcelona have um have. It should should be a fairly good good time in terms of the the, the elite of the women's game, but I'd like to think they'll have enough to put them to the sword. But yeah, I'll, I'll just keep my biases there. Um, we should also mention in the week of um, European, while we're on the subject of European games, uh, Nice are our, our sole remaining 
uh, French mm. um, uh, team in, in Europe, Europe action this week, Europa Conference League action, I should say. On Thursday, they uh, fly out to Switzerland to face Basel. So um, we will keep an eye on them and be rooting for them. I've got a sneaking suspicion they might, might go far in that competition. And you look at what's left, there isn't too many big sides. So um, hopefully, hopefully they will come through that game. Uh, just to wrap up the pod this week, then let's have a look ahead to the upcoming fixtures at the weekend. Uh, we've got a Friday game on the 14th, isn't it? Yeah, 14th to lose host Leon. That's the eight o'clock game. These are UK times, of course. Uh, on Saturday, we've got Ren hosting Rouse. That one should be fairly decent. That's the four o'clock game. And speaking of fairly decent, the lights will be on and ready to roar for PSG against Lens at Parc de Prince. That's the 8 o'clock game. Don't miss that one. And then on that Sunday, you've got the uh, midday game, which increasingly becomes a more enjoyable fixture. Uh, Lille against Montpellier. Um, big one, this one, especially for the home side after last weekend's defeats. Uh, Auxerre against Nantes is one of the 2 o'clock games, as indeed is Brest against Nice. Auxerre Nantes quite big all of a sudden. Uh, Clermont against Auxerre. And Strasbourg against the Jacks here. That's the one that I will be having a look at because that's got big ramifications for those two clubs. And then the 405 game is Monaco against Lorient, which I should also have a little look at. Um, and finally, you've got Marseille hosting Trois is the Sunday evening game. Um, so big games coming up. I think I'm right in saying that isn't there a midweek? Oh no, it is it is weekend, sorry, yeah. It is weekend the following week so ignore everything i just said good stuff right that will do us for this week unless anybody has anything else uh so we will aim to be back next week as i say sometimes things get in the way with life so uh, apologies for missing last week but um we'd have only moaned about psg anyway uh so, you know, it's fine <laughs> um but yeah we will keep you across anything that happens uh, up or down in the meantime and we'll be back next week to cover those games and indeed, hopefully, uh, give you some good good news of Nice in Europe. But we shall see on that one. Uh, Jez, thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you. And Phil, thank you very much, as always. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, until next week, uh, whichever game you are tuning in for, uh, unless you happen to be an, an Angers fan, or those below. There is no one below. They are the worst of the batch, unfortunately. But whatever game you are watching, enjoy your French football, and we will speak to you very soon.